This is KMTT, and today is Thursday. Rav Moshe Lichnestein will be speaking about the uh, structure of the Tefilot of Shabbat. Having discussed the concept of Tefilah and Shabbat in general last week, let us now begin to analyze the individual Tefilot. We will begin chronologically, starting with Kabbalat Shabbat, which is the first Tefillah we say on Shabbat, and proceed according to the sequence of the day. Actually, Kabbalat Shabbat is the latest of the Tefillot, and of course the Talachic status is the weakest, as it is not part of the cycle of the Mendele Tefillot of Shacharit, Musaf, Mincha, and Arvid, but rather is a collection of Praki from Tehillim, which we say as a minhag. Indeed, although some of its roots are earlier, Kabbalat Shabbat, in the form familiar to us, began only in the 16th century. The Gemara talks about coming to greet Shabbat. Gemara Sechat Shabbat, Avkufi Uteh, talks about Abi Chanina, Mi'ate, Vekaya, Panya, Demali Shabta. Abi Chanina would dress himself and go out to greet the Shabbat. Amar Bovin, it said, Ikrat Shabbat Amalka, let us go out and greet Shabbat Amalka. Abi Yanai, Lavishman, Mali Shabbat, he would put on his festive clothing. Amar Boikala, Boikala, he would welcome Shabbat, bridesmaid of Am Yisrael. And indeed, L'chadodi is rooted in this, in this passage from the Gemara. In another passage, the Gemara talks about Rabbi Lai, who would bathe himself and sit in anticipation of Shabbat that's arriving. In the Rambam's phrase, Miyachel Rakbalat Pnei Shabbat, Kmosh Melech. He would prepare himself sit and wait in anticipation for the arrival of Shabbat the way a person waits. When a dignitary is about to arrive, he's there a while in advance to have a good seat and to be there and not to be sure not to miss the dignitary. So to Shabbat, we anticipate it, we eagerly look forward to it, and the Gemara describes the idea of coming out and greeting it. Based upon this, Kabbalat Shabbat was established. If, however, we look at the actual content of the Tefillot, we will see immediately Kabbalat Shabbat is divided into three separate units. The first unit is the Psalms of Prakim, Tzadik Hayat, Tzadik Tet, 95-99, and the 29th, Mismillah David, Lechadodi, and the two concluding chapters from Tehillim, Mizmor Shem HaShabbat, and Hashem Malach, Geyut Lavesh. Not only are they separate units, Tehillim, a piyut, and Tehillim once more, but they also have different motifs behind them. If you look at the first Mizmorim, uh, from the Chunirana, throughout Mizmor David, we will notice it says very little about Shabbat. There's no direct connection. The contrast between Inan and Lechadodi is striking. 
Michadodi talks about Shabbat, but going forth, Boi Vishalom Atarad Baala, Shemor Vizachor Vidibur Echad Nemru, Likrat Shabbat Luchuvu Nelcha. On the other hand, these Mizmorim have nothing whatsoever to say about Shabbat. They don't really reflect the idea of greeting Shabbat, of anticipating it. The idea is different. If we look at them, what they describe is the greatness of creation. They describe the power, the magnitude, the beauty of creation, God's working within the world, Hashgacha, they do not describe Shabbat. The point is as follows. Shabbat is not only the entry point for Shabbat HaMalka, it's only the time at which we enter Shabbat into the special world of calm and repose, of beauty and spirituality. It's also the time of the completion of creation. The Mishnah Masechet Avot famously talks about final arrangements, last uh, minute uh, projects being completed, ten things which are created, Ben Hashemashot, and the transition from Ben Hashemashot, from the twilight of late Friday afternoon to Shabbat, is also the terminus of creation, the conclusion and completion of the world as we know it, and these Mizmorim tell us, before looking forward, before going out to greet the Shabbat, let's look backwards. Let's follow the Kaddish Baruch Hu. Vayar lukimet kol Baruch Hu looked back and reflected upon all that was created. So too, we look back, reflect upon creation, admire it, think about it, and prior to going out to greet the Shabbat, we look back on the world of what kind of world was created, what's going on within it, and it is to this task that we turn to before going out to greet Shabbat. The idea, therefore, this Mizmorim is Briyat HaOlam, is the creation. Having said that, let's now analyze a bit more in detail the Mizmorim themselves. A quick glance at the Mizmorim will show us immediately that there's an inner division between them. Let's focus now on the central portion, namely Mizmorim Tzadik Vav, Tzadik Zayin, Tzadik Chet, Tzadik Tet. In other words, Shur Hashem Chadash, it's immediately self-evident that we're talking about two groups. That there are very strong connections hinted, one would say almost explicit, in the captions and the concluding verses of these Mizmorim. It does not require a linguistic scholar to notice that Tzadik Vav begins, Shur Hashem Shir Chadash, and Tzadik Chet begins, Mizmor Shur Hashem Shir Chadash. Tzadik Zayin begins, Hashem Malach 
Tagil Haaretz. Tzadik Teh begins Hashem Malach Yigizu Amim. And of course, the conclusions reflect the same idea. Tzadik Vav concludes Lifnei Hashem Kiva Kiva Lishpot Haaretz Yishpot Tevel B'Tzadik V'Ani Be'Munato Tzadik Chet concludes Lifnei Hashem Kiva Lishpot Haaretz Yishpot Tevel B'Tzadik V'Ani Be'Meisharim Nearly identical psukim, mizmorim, with identical captions, and nearly identical conclusions. If we look at Sadiq Zayin and Sadiq Tet, there too we talk about Simchut Sadikim, and we talk about Ramu Hashem Elokeinu. Connection is less clear, but as I said before, Hashem Malach and Hashem Malach reveal the connection between them and of course both come in the footsteps of the previous psalm. Simply put, there's a cycle here, a dual cycle. Shul Hashem Shir Chadash Hashem Malach Tagel Haaretz and Shul Hashem Shir Chadash Hashem Malach Yigizu Amin. Tzadik Vav Tzadik Zayin on the first part of the cycle. Tzadik Chet and Tzadik Tet are the second part of the cycle. Or actually, we better to say cycle A and cycle B. Each has two chapters and they repeat themselves. What is the point of the repetition? Why did indeed they repeat themselves? Before we upon that, let us ask, what's the connection between the first and the second? If we look at them closely, the first, uh, first Mizmor talks about celebrating the Kaddish Baruch Hu. Shul Hashem Shir Chadash, Shul Hashem Kol Aretz, Shul Hashem Baruch Hu Shmo, Bas Mimim Mishuato, Sapruv Agrim Kvodo, Chayim Niflotav, Ki Gadol Hashem Ulam Meod, Norahu Akol Elohim. The constant theme here is, to celebrate Kaddish Baruch Hu, to sing His praises, His glory, His magnificence. Ki gadol Hashem u'lamaod. Kaddish Baruch Hu is great, recognized by everyone, mehulal, full of praise, worthy of thanksgiving. The Great One with the capital G, of course. If we now turn to the second Mizumar, Tzadik Zayin, Techel means to be shaken, to cower in fear. Harim Mountains melt like wax in front of God's presence and power. The idea is the first one talks about God's greatness and glory in of itself. The second talks not so much about the glory but rather the awe.
Talk about the greatness and the beauty of that creation, the first, and the second, much more so, about how great it is in terms of power, magnificence, and how all of nature trembles in front of God's awesome presence. Harim kadonag namasum Hashem. All of creation cannot stand up to the magnitude of His presence. In the first Mizmar, we talk about granting, sing His praises, granting Him praise. Havul Hashem kavod vaoz. Havul Hashem kavod shemo. Hishtachavul Hashem. And yet we talk much more about Anan Varfel Svivav and said before the greatness of God, how petty and trivial even great nature seems. Himalayas, Alps, all are insignificant compared to his glory. The Mizmar concludes Tadik Zayin, Simchut Zakim Ba'ashem Bring us full cycle to the beginning of Tzadik Vav, namely the idea of Shirul Hashem and joy and praise for the Kadosh Baruch Hu. Tzadik Vav, Tzadik Chet, excuse me, Tzadik Tet, repeat the same theme. Rather, the idea is not so much creation per se, not men looking and reflecting upon creation, not the universality of creation, in Prakim, Tzadik Vav and Tzadik Zayn that we notice now, there's not too much about Am Yisrael. Almost all of it is the universal condition of man. Tzadik Chet, Tzadik Tek, Tzadik Tet, the second pair, address creation from the perspective of God's battle with the Rishayim. In general, and specifically, the Goyim within Am Yisrael, Put differently, the idea is not creation per se, but hashgacha, providence, the connection between Am Yisrael and the Kadosh Baruch Hu. This is clearly noticed and reflected in the opening of Tzadik Zayin as opposed to Tzadik Tet. Tzadik Zayin begins, Hashem Malach Tagel Haaretz Yismechu Yim Rabim talks about nature rejoicing well, it's like Ted talks about Hashem Malach, your Gizu Amim. Instead of Tagel Haaretz, Tagel, I said before, rejoice, but in a sense of awe and reverence, but nevertheless, we rejoice. In Tzadik Ted, Hashem Malach, your Gizu Amim. It angers the nations. It arouses them to war. They come to seek battle with Am Yisrael. Hashem Metzion Gadol, it's a Kaddish Baruch in Tzion, identified no longer with creation per se, but specifically with Am Yisrael. Into their name in this battle. Ram He's greater than all the nations. We talk here now not only about the glory of God per se, but his involvement with Am Yisrael and his engaging the Goyim to protect Am Yisrael. If we go back to the first cycle, Ki ata Hashem elyon al kol haaretz me'od na'aleta al kol Elohim. Kodesh Baruch Hu 
is supreme upon Kola Aretz, meaning creation. He's greater than other Elohim, greater than other gods, lowercase g, simply meaning that God is the most powerful force in creation. Here though, of course, it's not a Kola Aretz, it's Kol Ha'amim. It's no longer forces of nature, so natural forces, be them gods or um, or Kol Aretz, rather it's particular nations, those who God's glory and kingdom anger them and to come to fight against Am Yisrael. Mishpat because who comes to rescue Am Yisrael and to deliver them from the guy who threatened them. This is a startable element which is suddenly mentioned unlike the previous cycle which lacks the historical element. Here we talk about Moshe the Aaron. We talk about Shmuel. We talk about the craft of Kaddish Baruch Hu to deliver them when they face problems and troubles in history. How they engage Kaddish Baruch Hu. And then, of course, the, the Mizmor concludes by mentioning, I'm on the desert. Excuse me, alluding to the desert. It's the Amud Anan to Shmuel, to Moshe Aaron, to Am Yisrael. Clearly, be it Amisot directly, or be it Moshe and Shmuel, there's a clear allusion to God's protecting us in the desert, caring for us, suppose, known to nature, but to Amalek, and to everybody else who threatened us, be it Paro, be it Amalek, be it Sichon Va'og, or be it subsequent Mishayim, who we've encountered throughout history. Hashem elokein ratanitam, kel nosei telem elokein alilotam, Kodesh Baruch Hu carried us throughout history. He answered our prayers. He revenged himself upon the, those who threatened us. The idea cycle here is historical. In the previous chapter, which does not deal, which does not deal with the war and the battle, but rather with the glory of the Kadosh Baruch Hu. Zachar Chasdov and Mutol Beit Yisrael. He remembers Am Yisrael. He remembers how faithful they are to him and how faithful he is to them. He remembers his obligations to them, his desire to provide for them. Chasdov and Munato is trustworthiness to Am Yisrael. His bounty for them. In front of the nations, once more we have here, nations, Ab Yisrael, to summarize, the central part of Kabbat Shabbat talks about creation. We do not go out to greet Shabbat HaMalka. We rather reflect upon creation and God's handiwork, it's presented us in a dual cycle. 
צדיק ו, צדיק ז, צדיק ח, צדיק ט. סייקל A deals with the glory of nature, per se, with creation as is. Cycle B, with God acting within history, acting within the world He created, because the moment He created the world, He created not only nature, but also history as well. And His workings as providings for Am Yisrael within the historical scheme. Within these two cycles, the first chapter in each accentuates more the positive, talks about God's glory, is more couched in terms of man being able to recognize, to sing his praises. The second talks more about fear and awe. If you want to be that be it the Yirah of nature that melts away in front of God's presence, be it the Goyim, because Baruch was no kem tam. In either case though, the first is more positive leaving the impression of glory and grandeur. The second talks about the struggle, the opposition, the contrast between the divine power and that of nature or of man. Combined, all four, all four chapters reflect upon creation. We should add all something else. The perspective is that of Tilim Perekhet, which talks about which talks about looking up at creation. Where I view all of creation, the skies, the heavens, the earth, the seas, and realize how petty man is. I see divine glory, and I see how man is so small and insignificant. It's this perspective of Tilim Perekhet, which is reflected in the opening chapters of Kabbalah Shabbat. We tend to think about Shabbat from the perspective of Shabbat Hamalka, of Shabbat, of Lichadodili Krat Kala, about how intimate we are with the Kadosh Baruch Hu, how Shabbos is a time in which men and God have a rendezvous, have a meeting, an intimate meeting almost, in the phrase of the Midrash, Shabbat is the Batzug of Keset Israel. Shabbat serves our companion, so to speak. However, before we enter Shabbat, and before we enter this relationship of the Chadidikrat Kala, we look backwards, and we view the glory and greatness of nature and man's insignificance. It's a perspective which we do not often emphasize, but once a week, to look back at creation, but more generally to look around us, to see how petty we are, how insignificant man is, to put it differently, to adopt once a week, the perspective of Kohelet, how man is so small and significant, man relative to a mountain feels small and significant. And the mountain melts in front of God's presence. What is man to think of himself? 
we talk about Anan Varafel, we talk about Ratabat Tachir Haaretz, the earth cowers and trembles in fear for God's presence. Certainly man, what can you think of himself? The perspective of Katnus Adam, the pettiness of man, the triviality of man, is not one that we can educate or experience as the sole motif. However, it is not an experience or a feeling that we can neglect either. My father said to me once, Sukkot morning as we leaving show, one cannot live only with Koheles, but one cannot live without Koheles either. And once a week, to pause a few moments, to reflect upon the idea of Harim Kadanag Damasu Kalvachomer Bnei Adam, what can man say if the mountain melts, is certainly a good idea for our spiritual well-being and for our perspective upon creation, upon the world. As we enter Shabbat, we should always look back on creation and put things in perspective. Up till now, I've spoken about the middle chapters. However, we have, of course, the bookends. L'chun and Rizmar David. I purposely left Rechun Iran in the side at the beginning. Since to understand its purpose, we must, we must look at the concluding Mizumor. Even though we have a series here of five Mizumorim, Rechun Iran in precedes in the order of Tilim, the four we spoke about, its position within the framework of Kabbalah Shabbat must be understood in relation to the final Mizumor. To illustrate the point, I would like to point out that the Ashkenazi Minag is to recite L'chunuranina until Mizmor Tzadik Tet, Hashem HaKigizu Amin, that we spoke about. And then we, we go backwards to Mizmor Chavtet, to 29th Psalm, Mizmor David, Havul Hashem B'nei Elim, and we conclude the the Tilim chapters with that. Minag though, come Minag by Edot Mizrach, by Sfaradim, is not the same Mizmor David, but Mizmor Toda. Makes tremendous sense in terms of the text. Happens to be Mizmor Kuf, meaning you say not five Prakim from one series in Tilim and then jump backwards. 60-something chapters, but you say the next one sequence. Mizmor Toda happens to be the same sequence as the other five Mizmor Kabbalat Shabbat. Moreover, as Amos Chacham is pointed out in Perush Dat Mikran Tilim, there are many connections which seem to imply that Luchun Iranina is connected to Mizmor Toda. Let us look at Mizmor Toda and notice the similarities between it and L'chun Ranina. Mizmor L'toda Hariu Hariu Hashem Kol Haaretz corresponds of course to Nariya L'tzu Yishenu. Nekad Mafanav B'toda Bizmor Nariya Lo. Mizmor L'toda Hariu Hashem Nekad Mafanav B'toda 
The parallelisms are striking and, and jump out of the page almost. If we continue, if we continue moreover, and the conclusion, corresponds to Now to return to the point, Mizrot Todan Chunaranina seem to have much in common. However, the question here is, what is the idea of Chunaranina? Or to put it differently, we have two different concepts which we are familiar with in Halacha. We have Halel and Hoda'ah. Praise and thanksgiving. It's a basic difference between them. Praise means essentially praising God essentially means that man looks up to God, praises Him, God is the focus, talk about His glory, His greatness, I am not interested in any benefit for myself, rather I talk about Him. Thanksgiving is the opposite. Let me illustrate though the difference between the two points. I praise things which make a great impression, which imply greatness. I do not necessarily need them. I could talk about a skyscraper. I think it's beautiful. It's impressive. Do I need it? No. I can live in a one-story building. I can work in a one-story building. I see the Alps. They make a tremendous impression. Do I need them? No. I live in the valley. I live in Nebraska, not in Switzerland. Nevertheless, they impress me. The extreme example, Birkat Mechayamitim. We're not thanking God for Mechayamitim. It hasn't happened yet. We are just talking about how impressive and great is his capability. And therefore, he's the focus and I'm simply praising him and talking about his greatness. It does not necessarily impact on my life. Thanksgiving is the opposite. I talk about my needs being supplied. Doing things for me. I thank because I received. It may be something small and petty. It may not be indicative of greatness. It may not be something so impressive. However, it's something that I need. And therefore I thank. Of course, in Thanksgiving, I'm at the center. If I did not, did not have these needs, I would not, God would have to provide, I would not need to be thanked. I would not, I would not have to thank Him. Thus, throughout all, both, both perspectives are crucial to religious life. Therefore, Tfilot have both ideas. Shmona Esrei, the first three brachot, Ashevach, praise, as I mentioned before, not necessarily for things which have yet happened. The final three, Hoda, we thank God for He provides us on a daily basis. We thank Him for He provides for us. 
Hallel is a summa duality. The first half of Hallel is praise. Hallelu. The second half is thanksgiving. Hodu. Thank God. And it's true of many other halachic areas. At times we talk about Hallel, praising, singing His glories. At other times we talk about Hoda'a, thanking the Kaddish Baruch Hu. The question here is, what is Kabbalah out to do? Are we going to thank God for creation or to praise Him? The perspective behind Mizmor the Todah, as its name implies, is Todah. We're thanking God for creation. Framing as the beginning and end of Kabbat Shabbat is analogous to the final part of Hallel, which begins Hodu Hashem Kitov Kilam Chasdo and includes Hodu Hashem Kitov Kilam Chasdo. We have Toda in the beginning and the end. And we conclude Boshav Bitoda. That's the concept behind the Minagusfarad to say Mizmor Litoda as the sixth chapter of Kabbat Shabbat. The Ashkenazi Minhag, which replaces Mizmor Toda with Mizmor David, is based upon the concept of praise. Mizmor Toda is not a chapter of thanksgiving. We not thank the Baruch we are singing His glory. Talks about the greatness of God in creation. Talks about Kvod Shmo. And it talks about how great He is, how powerful, how mighty. Continues the idea of the mightiness, of the grandeur of God in the previous chapters. And emphasizes constantly Kvod Shmo. Kolash. Kela kavod hirim, kavod, kavod, kavod. Kol Hashem bakoach, kol Hashem behadar. It's the glory of the Kodesh Baruch that we emphasize. And not, there's not a, the word todah is lacking in this mizmor. Simply put, by replacing mizmor todah with mizmor David, the perspective changes from one of thanksgiving to one of praise. Since the Chunana begins, Chunana Hashem, Nariya Lutsu Yishenu, which of the two ideas are we talking about? Halel is determined by what you place at the end as the corresponding bookend when you conclude Kabbalah Shabbat. This is a brief analysis of the first part of Kabbalah Shabbat, the Mizmarim which precede the Chadodi. I'd just like to add in conclusion that when I analyzed the Psukim, I spoke generally, meaning the vast majority of the Psukim reflect what I said. That does not mean that there are no exceptions. Occasionally the Psukim overflow and one can find an exception to what I claimed. However, the basic thrust and the general theme is as we presented it. Please, the next time we will address the Chadodi and Mizmosh Shilma Shabbat and the other elements of Kabbalah Shabbat.